Hello there, and welcome to the SLP Now podcast, where we share practical therapy tips and ideas for busy speech-language pathologists. Grab your favorite beverage and sit back as we dive into this week's episode. Hey there, and welcome to the SLP Now podcast. This month, we are diving into some of my favorite productivity strategies for SLPs. So let's just dive right in, and I hope you enjoy these tips. This week, we are chatting about building your core materials. So first, let's just break down what that means and why that will help you with your productivity. So I noticed a huge, huge shift in my productivity when it came to therapy planning when I built my set of core materials. So these are the materials that I need day in and day out to address my students' goals. We'll dive into like some of the specifics in terms of what that actually looks like throughout the episode, but I wanted to share a little story. So a few years back, wow, it feels like forever ago, but a few years back, I switched jobs and moved to a different state and the move was kind of done in part. So I didn't have any of my therapy materials when I started at my new school job and the therapy room didn't really have, I mean, there were a couple materials, but not what I was used to using and it was a small selection anyway. And so I got to figure out how to do therapy without my 5 million different types of materials. And it was such a blessing in disguise because I was finally freed from having to have 5 million different materials to target every single goal. We really can work smarter when it comes to our therapy materials. And by building a core set of the materials that we need to teach our students skills and also some assessment and then also some like practical practice and scaffolds along the way, we are really setting our students up for success because they have some consistency across sessions and they know what to expect and that can help them build those skills. But it also makes our job a lot easier. And the cool thing is that a lot of these core materials can work for a variety of students. So it's not like you need to build materials for every student, every goal that every student has. A lot of it can be shared across your caseload. So first point, taking the time to build your core materials library can save you a lot of time. And it might be a little bit overwhelming to tackle, but we'll chat about how to decrease that overwhelm. And your future SLP will definitely thank you for taking the time to build some of those materials now or whenever you decide to build them. It'll make your job a lot easier in the future. So before we dive into all of the nitty gritty, I wanted to share a strategy that has really helped me because it can be really overwhelming to look at your list of 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 triple digit students potentially 
because all of those students obviously have multiple goals and that's a lot to keep track of. It's no wonder we're overwhelmed. And just to help myself process that overwhelm and break it down, I started filling out what I call a caseload at a glance. So the caseload at a glance is just a little grid. And if you head to the show notes, I'll show you like a little picture example of it. So you can go to slpnow.com slash 106 if you want to look at that as I'm describing it. I'll also include one that you can download there as well if you want to use our template. But the caseload at a glance is just a grid and you can organize it whatever way you want. You can organize it by grade or by class or whatever kind of separation makes sense for you. And then what I do is like if I'm going through this by class, like I'll put Mrs. Jones in the first column and then I typically separate out the different goal areas. So I might have like speech sounds, language, vocabulary, whatever categories make sense for your caseload and just how you think about the goals that you're writing So those are the different column headers. And then I would go through, first I would open student A's IEP. This student has a goal to decrease fronting. So I would write decrease fronting under the speech sound column and put a one. And then let's say they have a goal to produce synonyms when given a word or something. So I'll just say synonyms and put a one under the vocabulary section. And then let's say we open student two's IEP. Oh, they have a goal to produce K. So I'm going to add a little check mark or a little tally next to the produce K that I just wrote on the sheet. And then over time, you can kind of see how this will come together. You'll get to see a list of all the goals that you're targeting and how many students are working on that goal. I let this be pretty general. I just want to get like the general goal area I don't get super duper specific in like producing K in syllables or I just kind of have it be the general area because a lot of times those materials will work the same. But if you start to notice trends and things that you're like, I'm really struggling at producing K in conversation, maybe you can just like jot down a note that that's something you want to highlight. But after you go through your students' IEPs, You'll have a list of all of the goals and it'll be all mapped out for you and organized and ready to go. And then you'll often see that maybe your caseload is very speech sound heavy and a lot of your students are working on articulation goals. So if the bulk of your goals are in that area, and if you feel like, yes, I've got all the visuals, I've got a great system, feeling great, then awesome. Just like, Highlight those in green and you're feeling good about that and then you're good to go. But if your caseload is very heavy on speech sounds and maybe you feel like you're struggling with like teaching new sounds or providing scaffolding or appropriate visuals or whatever it may be, then that can be your focus and that'll be the next thing that you add to your to-do list and you'll just gradually be able to work through that. For the first example that I gave, if you're feeling good about the speech sound disorders, you can look at like the language, vocabulary, whatever sections you choose. And if you have 
like 10 students working on synonyms, for example. And there's maybe one student working on past tense verbs. That'll give you a clear indicator. Okay, I'm not feeling great about targeting either of those. I should focus on the goal that 10 students are working on versus the goal that one student is working on. My personality style is like once I decide on something, I just kind of try and knock it out. So if it were me, if I happen to have a little bit of downtime at school, I would just like take a block and try and knock that out and gather all of the supplies that I need. But if I don't have that luxury, I would maybe just invest a little bit of time before school or after school or on a weekend, maybe make it a little cozy and like get myself a nice chai latte or something just to make it a little bit fun. But sometimes taking a little bit of that time and investing it up front can make our job a lot easier. So if by taking three hours to map out my caseload and gather those core materials, if that saves me three hours a week of running around and feeling stressed, trying to like find materials super quick on Pinterest or whatever it may be, I think that's worth it. And if it helps me start work on time and end work on time with less stress, that's a win in my book. So just to recap, I like to fill out a caseload at a glance to see which goals my students are working on. Once I have that list, I'll highlight in green what I'm feeling good about. Like, okay, that's easy. I've got lots of great materials for that. We're good to go. Awesome. And then either make a to-do list, a massive to-do list all at once. of like, okay, these are the things that I want to do. Or I'll just like set aside a little bit of time, maybe like 30 minutes a week to work through that caseload at a glance until I'm feeling good about all of the goals. And this is kind of a never ending process. You get a ton of value out of doing this the first time, but as new students come onto caseload or as our caseload shifts, as students like master goals and move on to new ones, it's like an ongoing process. But when we get to the IEP section, which we'll be talking about at the end of the month, I'll share some strategies on how to make it so that this doesn't get out of control and just like having it be part of the IEP process. So it's not super overwhelming. One tip that I didn't share is that once I map out all of my students' goals, I'll make copies of the original so that I can use it to gather the three types of core materials that I think are really important. So the first one is assessments, probes, progress monitoring. How are you tracking progress on these goals? The second one is visuals. So all of the visuals and teaching tools to actually introduce a skill. And then the third is you, because you are your best therapy tool. And like I told in the story at the very beginning of this episode, I went into a speech room without many materials. And we're often put in those situations where we don't have a lot to work with. And so focusing on our knowledge on how to treat speech sound disorders, like what's best practice there, how to teach synonyms and antonyms, or like what vocabulary goals are even worth writing and how to structure grammar intervention and all of those different types of things. If you are participating in that type of continuing education you will be set up for success to target those 
goals. And so there's less emphasis on having the perfect activity geared specifically towards that goal. You'll be able to more easily use just kind of general materials like using a book or any kind of language-rich activity to target your students' goals, which will save a ton of time. And it'll also help you better serve your students. Some things that you can do to just super quick tips to grab your probes or progress monitoring tools, just in the interest of time, we'll super dive into this next month. But if you're super curious, I grab a lot of my probes from the SLP Now membership and get a lot of content from there, but more on that next month. Then for visuals, I really like to organize by skill in an accordion folder. And I have a set of prepped visuals that have worked for the majority of my students across the years on my caseload. And then in terms of you as your best therapy tool, reading the informed SLP, that is an incredible resource. As you're going through, you can have your caseload at a glance ready to look at. And so you can focus in on the areas that are relevant to your caseload. And the same goes when you're selecting courses, if you're going to a conference, if you're deciding whether to join in on a webinar. In the SLP Now membership, we also have research summaries. So that's like, if you're realizing, I really don't feel good about how to target grammar goals, that's something that you can quickly navigate to the research summaries for some of those skills. We also have academy courses for all of the different areas. We have mega boot camps that help break down these skills. So those are just some resources to help you get started. And yeah, I hope that this episode was helpful. Like I said, head to slpnow.com slash 106 to access the caseload at a glance template and also check out some of the resources that we mentioned. And yeah, that's a wrap. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the SLP Now podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your SLP friends and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest episodes sent directly to you. See you next time. Thank you.